Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mniebauer. That's logos.com slash mniebauer. What does it mean to bear false witness? Is it simply the telling of a lie to a friend, or something deeper and more sinister? What makes the spreading of falsehoods so damaging to ourselves and to our communities? And how do we learn to practice truth-telling instead? Welcome to This We Believe, the podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. Today we are discussing the Ninth Commandment, which prohibits the bearing of false witness. This commandment refers not only to the lies that we tell others, but includes the entirety of the words we speak with our mouths and think in our minds. It refers to the damaging and false words we say to others, to ourselves, and to God. First, this commandment prohibits us from lying to others. This is what we commonly think of when we talk about bearing false witness. Why is lying to others so damaging? Well, our words are one of the only ways that we are capable of knowing others and being known by others. I can't get in the mind of someone else. A friend of mine can't hear my inner thoughts. They can't feel my feelings. For this reason, we have to rely on communication, those actions and words that emanate from inside us into the outside world. Words function as a kind of bridge between us and others. So, if words are misleading or false, no such bridge can be established. There can't be that kind of heart-to-heart connection between people, because one cannot trust that the words spoken are actually in line with reality. Lies are so destructive because it only takes one lie to create this instability. If I tell one simple lie, one cannot know if what I say after that is true or false. Lies not only damage our interpersonal relationships, but they damage communities as well. Bearing false witness in a courtroom, for instance, will lead an innocent person to go to jail. Gossip and the spreading of falsehoods is the fastest way to destroy a church community. It sows mistrust, anger, and bitterness. Now, What constitutes a lie? We don't simply lie when we give false information to someone else. We also lie when we withhold or qualify information in a way to present a false picture of reality. Take this example. Let's say you have an hour lunch scheduled with a friend. You arrive 30 minutes late, wasting 30 minutes of your friend's time and minimizing your time together. Now, Let's say you were late for a number of different reasons. Maybe traffic was a little worse than usual. Maybe you didn't want to arrive too early because you didn't want to wait. Maybe you were on your phone and you lost track of time. 
Now, which of these reasons do you tell your friend when you arrive late? It is tempting to simply blurt out that traffic was bad. It saves you from having to be honest about your flaws or about your carelessness towards your friend. This is an example of bearing false witness. We craft and present an inaccurate story in order to make ourselves look good. Now, second, the ninth commandment also prohibits us from lying to ourselves. We often lie to ourselves with our inner speech, those words that we say to ourselves in our mind. Now, do these words that we use to describe ourselves, are they actually in line with who we actually are? When we do something offensive, do we spend hours justifying our actions to ourselves? We can lie to ourselves by either thinking too little or too much of ourselves. Those with low self-esteem often have distorted pictures of themselves. They may think of themselves as wretched, ugly, or unworthy of love from others or from God. Such internal statements are lies. They are a denial that human beings are created in the image of God, that God loves his beautiful creation and desires his creation to receive his love. Now, we can also lie to ourselves when we think too much of ourselves. We do this by failing to acknowledge our sins and our flaws. Some believe that pride is the root of all evil. The prideful person is one who is incapable of acknowledging their flaws to themselves and to God, and are hence people who are incapable of growing or changing. The only sin that can't be forgiven is the sin of believing that you never sin. In essence, the prideful person believes that they are God. They believe that they are perfect and need no one else. They have become evil, setting themselves up as a rival to God. Now, this brings us to our final point. The ninth commandment prohibits us from lying to God. Of course, lying to others and ourselves is also a form of lying to God, in that God is ever-present before us. God hears all of our lies, no matter whether we say them out loud or to ourselves. We've also seen in a previous episode how taking the Lord's name in vain is a form of lying. Here, we misrepresent ourselves as good and pious for selfish gain, for our own vanity, and in so doing, dishonor God's name. We also bear false witness to God when we believe and communicate false beliefs about God. This happens when we believe and propagate heresies, which are lies about God. This happens when we reject the truths about God as revealed in the Bible. When we purposefully ignore the hard parts of the Bible and focus only on the parts that we like. When we believe that we are perfect, we reject the truth that only God is perfect. When we believe that we are incapable of receiving forgiveness, we reject the truth that God is merciful. How do we turn from people who bear false witness to people who are truthful? There are three practices that help us in this regard. 
First, in our relationships with others, we practice honesty. Instead of concealing our flaws, instead of narrating stories in ways that make us look good, we are honest with others, owning our flaws and asking for forgiveness for the ways our actions have harmed others. In addition, honesty is an important practice in our church communities. When we hear a potential false or damaging rumor, our response should not be the easy thing, nodding along and expressing empathy. It should instead be the honest and hard one, seeking out the veracity of the story and challenging the gossip to back up their claims. Second, with ourselves, we practice humility. We practice humility when we are honest about ourselves to ourselves. Christian confession is a time in which we are meant to examine ourselves before God. It is a time to examine our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. To examine not only the things that we have done, but also the things that we have not done. In so doing, we acknowledge our sins and imperfections. The old Anglican confession says these great words, that we neither dissemble nor cloak our sins before God. This means that we don't hide our sins from ourselves and God. We don't put a nice spin on them, but instead are honest. We also practice humility when we reject the falsities that we say about ourselves. Sometimes humility means acknowledging the false beliefs about ourselves, the lies that we are incapable of love or being loved by God. The humble person acknowledges these thoughts as lies. Lastly, with God, we practice orthodoxy. We combat heresy with the truth and truths about God. We do this when we read the Bible with attention and humility, ready to receive from God. We also practice orthodoxy when we praise him. These are acts in which we profess the truths about God, his goodness, his mercy, his faithfulness. The profession of the creeds are meant to train us to practice the telling of truth. When we recite the Nicene Creed or the Apostles' Creed, we are making a declaration of belief in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that Jesus truly is fully God and fully man, and that everlasting life is found in him. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you tell one other friend about us, and this will go a really long way to helping us reach others. If you'd like to connect further, please visit our Facebook page at This We Believe Podcast, our Twitter at We underscore Believe underscore Pod, or send us an email at This We Believe Podcast at gmail.com. Take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.